Thank you again, everybody, for tuning in to Draw Near. This week, we are having a little bit of a treat for you in that we have several things posting, kind of in celebration of baby Aggie coming. Kara and BJ, congratulations once again. We are doing a series on marriage and family life. So this week, I have two friends of mine, dads, who are going to be discussing marriage with me and uh, sharing some of their experience and advice that they have for the newly married. You know, when I pitched the show to him, I said, pretend we're sitting down for, for coffee with a guy who has just gotten married and he's really nervous and he doesn't know what to do. But also pretend maybe there's another guy at the table that he might get married someday if somehow he ha- by divine providence or sheer luck he happens to find a wife, what advice would we give them? So it's a really casual conversation. You know, I'm, I'm kind of envisioning a kind of for the guys episode, several actually. But to be clear, despite my saying this episode is a for the guys sort of episode, and despite the fact that I've said it's advice for the newly married or that might someday get married, what I've found is this is good discussion for wherever you are in your journey. Uh, it was a fun discussion. I know my wife and I, we've been married for more than 15 years, and she got a lot out of it and enjoyed it. She enjoyed the discussion, uh, laughed very hard a number of times, which I'm not quite sure how to take, but I think generally a good thing. But in all seriousness, I think uh, great episodes here with Philip Grothis and Taylor Schroll. Make sure you check out both episodes because I do think there's a little bit of something for everyone, for all of our listeners in each episode. Some quick housekeeping first. In the show notes, you'll find links to the guests, but you'll also find links to different resources and books that we recommend if you want a deeper look at this topic of marriage, and we encourage you to check those out. That being said, let's dive right in. Once again, we are incredibly blessed to have the Taylor Schroll joining us from Forte Catholic. A lot of our listeners are familiar with you, Taylor. Uh, Welcome, welcome. I used to be the Taylor Schroll. There was only one of us, and then I found out because I work with kids and, and track and field, there's some random chick that's like 14 years old in Arizona, and her name is Taylor Stroll, and I'm not happy about this. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. I I am unique in that I am the only Fred Schellebarger that I'm aware of currently living. Have you so, checked um, high school athletic sites? <laughs> uh, perhaps I should. Perhaps I should. Yeah. I probably hold like the long jump record yeah, at exactly, some school, exactly. and I don't even know it. Yeah. You know, That's the thing that made like, me real mad. She's not even good. <laughs> You have my name, uh, making it look bad. <laughs> oh, man. Views expressed on this episode of Draw Near are not necessarily... <laughs> I feel like I had to give that disclaimer there. Yeah, the half a joking disclaimer. Good job. <laughs> right, right, yeah. The half-hearted, half-fully. Yeah. That was one of my favorite things when I started working for myself. Um, I put in my Twitter bio... Uh, the views, uh, my views are absolutely re- uh, reflect my employer because it's just me. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. This is a altogether new experience. So, um, but really uh, grateful to have you joining us, Taylor. For those who might not be familiar with you, who is the Taylor Schroll? Who is not a high school athlete, right. Taylor Schroll? <laughs> who is. Taylor Schroll of Forte Catholic. Yeah, so I am the president of Forte Catholic, primarily uh, speaker, uh, worship leader, uh, and then I do a ton of this podcast, podcast production. Um, you know, create creating the old content for the old internet on YouTube, podcasts, all that stuff. 
Awesome. And you just landed a pretty big deal uh, editing podcast uh, for Father Mike Schmitz, correct? Yeah, I think if, I, I know like he's not well known now, but I think in working with me, he's really going to blow up, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's not. He's an up and comer. Yeah. <laughs> he's an up and comer with the, the Bible in a year podcast. Yeah. But w- what's the project you're working with him on? Uh, the catechism in a year. The ver- catechism yeah. in a year. So nice. the, the, so the you're gonna, next step. Right. So you're going to learn all kinds of stuff, Taylor. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to learn a fourth of the catechism <laughs> because I'm editing a fourth <laughs> right. of the episodes. So. Which, which pillar are you doing? Is it is that how it's broken it's out? Not, or is it just going to be? Uh, it's like every, it's like, so it's every, I do five episodes in a row. Uh, and then there's uh-huh. 15 other episodes. So I'm going to be gotcha. like really smart and specific in a fourth uh-huh. of each book of the, or each section oh, nice. of the catechism. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you'll have that. You'll have those paragraphs <laughs> down. Pat, right. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like how I said that, like, you're going to learn something, Taylor, as if you don't already know something doing what you do. So there was a slight maybe that sound came off as a passive aggressive slight well, it well, was not well we met in grad school uh you graduated i dropped out so the slight was taken right. in and it's correct it's not a slight if it's right <laughs> that, works. <laughs> that works yeah yeah i i uh, uh at, at school with you i took all the the uh cat like the how to like the the catechesis mm-hmm. the catechetical courses but none of the theology right. courses so i know how to teach uh-huh. just not what so the catechism of the year is going to be really helpful right. for me <laughs> that's like that's exactly what you need right and like you'll get an honorary degree now all <laughs> yeah. that and yeah there we go signed by father mike Schmitz. there you go yeah that'd be awesome taylor I-, I wanted to start with like what were your thoughts going into marriage maybe how long have you been married tell us a little bit about your marriage but then like, what were your thoughts going into marriage? Yeah, so uh, we just celebrated our 10-year anniversary this summer. So that was very exciting. So we've been together for like 13, 14 years, married for 10. We have three kids. Uh, and uh, going into marriage, it was like I was just shocked that I tricked a woman into loving me. <laughs> and uh, I knew that, like, I was going bald and going to get chubby right. and all this stuff. So I knew that I, I had to get married very quickly. Uh, so I did. I got, we got married very young. I was 22. She was 23. Uh, we we, we uh, graduated college the same day, got married almost exactly a month later. Uh, so, uh-huh. I, yeah, it, it was for me, it was like, oh, it, it's, it sounds like a weird, prideful thing to say, but it was like my favorite quality in my wife is that she loves me. It's like that was the thing that right. was rare for me. You know, it's like, yeah, like I loved a bunch of people. <laughs> they just didn't reciprocate right. it, you know, Um so the fact that I was like, oh, this person loves me for me and all of the good, bad, ugly, all that stuff. Like she right. like that yeah. was a, a big reason why I fell in love with her. And then we got married because Paul said that uh, if you, you know, if you can't control yourself, just get married and it'll be fine. So we we listened to the Bible <laughs> and followed St. Yeah. Paul's advice. <laughs> yeah, that, that works. That works. Yeah, that's I didn't realize we've been actually I've been my wife and I've been together about that same amount. I didn't realize that, you know, we're kind of along that same track uh, I share your experience like the idea of wow you actually you chose me and for the record <laughs> my wife called me for a date for the first time I just didn't know oh it was so you're a not date. a real man <laughs> I'm not a real man that is correct this is confession uh, she reached out to me and then we had this funny like two-month period of just being friends where it was like uh, I think we're dating you know, and it was like a question, and there was never actually a asking each other out in a formal sense, other than my wife calling me at like three in the morning, by the way. You know, uh, 
so you want to do something <laughs> at three in the morning? Anyways, uh, different life, see, different time. See my St. Paul quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that is not what she meant to be clear. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, um, but I'm with you, like, like you mentioned going bald and, and you know, and not the, you know, necessarily you're more Jim Gaffigan now than you are the athlete you mentioned, right, you know, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> if if we can be honest, I am too. My wife made me literally twice the man I used to <laughs> right. be. Uh, I am um, now as athletic as the Taylor Schroll girl in Arizona. <laughs> I used to be quite more athletic. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So going into that marriage, like what were what were some things you had to work through or what were perceptions and I don't know what was what were those first days of marriage, those first weeks, those first months. What was that like? Yeah, I think the the thing for us uh, was a lot. Everybody said like, "Oh, that first year of marriage is going to be really hard," and it like wasn't. <laughs> so it it was <laughs> right. like this. It was this weird thing of like we were it, we were broke. It's when we met you, you know. Uh, it was right, like we were yeah. uh, we had just graduated undergrad. I was in grad school working full time. We got she got pregnant very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. So all with see St. Paul. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like we did all of the things like that they say you're not supposed to do. They're like we right. graduated college, got married, moved across the country, started working full time, started grad school, like all these like big things that people do in their lives. We did in three months. And right. everybody was like, don't do that. We were like, why? It was fine. We, we had a great time, you know, like we didn't have right. a ton of money, you know, but like. Uh, like some of our favorite dates were like the, oh, we saved up to be able to like go to McDonald's this week, you know, and we went to McDonald's. Right. Like that yeah. was some of our best time together. Um, so I, I think a lot of the tropes of like, oh, yeah, that first year of marriage and getting to learn how to live with, with each other and learning all this stuff. It was like, it was fine. Like we didn't fight for like year. Like you bring kids right. into the picture. That's what you started to fight about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is true. That is absolutely true. Yeah. But yeah, just it like was, a lot of the tropes, yeah. we were just like, this just it's just not applying to us. Like we just we were just like, this is fun. We like we were long distance the whole time we were dating, so we're like, this is fun. We're in the same house. This is great. <laughs> right, yeah. Hey, I, I can actually see you with my own eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, our experience was very similar in that, you know, prior to getting married and even like that first year maybe even two years we didn't have sort of a lot of those the conflict the knock knock down drag out fights that people always talk about and we got married young as well and you know a lot of the guys I worked with you know that were older than me would be like you're gonna ruin your life you don't need that you know don't get married it's the worst thing you know and they're speaking out of this unhappy experience that that for whatever reason they've had and you know, and I'm just like, I, you know, I don't think that's going to be the, the case. And it wasn't for us either. It was, you know, I think the marriage prep we had helped a lot. You know, we talked about a lot of things going into the marriage. I think that helped, you know, um, how to handle conflict and things like that. But it was also kind of weird because we didn't really feel like we ever had any serious <laughs> conflict or disagreements. And maybe that was part of being friends first. I don't know. Uh, but I'm with you. It wasn't really until we had kids where you know what felt like conflict started to enter and that was more just sleep deprivation and stress and speaking out of that but but we were broke you know we were broke too and um you know and it's those moments we look back to like that was so wonderful when we were broke you know right right, <laughs> so, right. yeah yeah well i yeah, can look I'm back on you. those days fondly as well that were last week <laughs> yeah. 
I'm not saying we're not broke <laughs> yeah. now. I just, yeah. <laughs> so what would you say are some lessons you learned pretty quickly within those first few years? Some, some th- Maybe some things you need to change or some habits that need to change or maybe, I don't know, how, how you thought or approached things. What were some of those things that uh, changed early on? Sure. I think one, one of the things was uh, we read this book called Love and Respect by Dr. Emerson Egerix. He sounds like a fake person, but I promise that he's real. Uh, and he's a, a Protestant pastor. And him and his wife wrote this book, and we read it whenever we were engaged, and then it very much came in to play uh, early in our marriage. Was uh, the crazy cycle? Have you heard this? Did you have you read this book? I have not read this one. Oh, actually. I'm curious. It's, it's great, and and it's and you know, you talk about like oh yeah, well, a person listening who's thinking about getting married, like this is the book that I recommend for people who think that, <laughs> right. who are uh, wanting to get yeah. married. Uh, not love and respect. That's a big papal document that's really hard to read. This one. <laughs> yeah. Or wait, no wait. Love and responsibility. <laughs> this is love and respect. There so, you go. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Emerson Egrets. And they, call, they, they talk about the crazy cycle, that I'm going to make some sweeping generalities. He's a little bit more specific because he has a, a book where he can talk about it for 12 hours. I have, you know, another 30 seconds before Fred starts talking. Uh, so it's like <laughs> essentially the desire of a man's heart is is to be is to feel respected. That's how men feel loved. Right. So it's like husbands love your wives, women, uh, wives respect your husbands. And th- yeah, this book mm-hmm. is essentially saying that, like, the depths of a man's heart is respect. Like your wife can be. For most men, she can be super loving to you all day and then say something mm-hmm. disrespectful and the day is ruined, right? Um, right, yeah. And then yep. for women, it's, it's, it, it's another sweeping generality, but it's like they want to receive love as like love. So you could like a right. guy can be respectful to her all day and then say something unloving and her day is ruined, right? And right. so he calls, talks about the crazy cycle of like me and my wife. If I do something unloving to her, what's her natural response to be? It's going to be to do something disrespectful and unloving to me. So then what's my yeah. response going to be? To do something unloving to her. And then her right. response going yeah. to be to do something disrespectful. So it's the, the yeah. crazy cycle of like we're just like it's like a toilet. We're just like getting flushed down. And it's like somebody mm-hmm. has to stop the crazy cycle. Somebody has to be the good Christian in the moment and be like, okay, you just did, said something disrespectful. I'm going to respond in love anyway. Or you just said something right. unloving. I'm going to respond respectfully anyway. And yeah. that has helped both of us because over the course of years, and now we've racked, you know, now we've racked up ten years of these arguments, right? Like we uh-huh. we have taken turns being the the better person, the bigger man, the bigger woman, to stop right. that crazy stuff. Because otherwise, it's it can get ugly pretty quick. Yeah, you know that's good. It reminds me um, a book that had uh, a profound effect on us in that early process, that marriage prep. Again, I, I'm not. I think it's a Protestant book as well, but the five love languages. Oh yeah. Actually, yeah, that it reminds me a bit of that of of knowing what how each person communicates and receives love, how they feel loved. Men typically do tend to be words of affirmation, which is that respect that you were talking about. So, you know, I, I think words like always and never tend to have a, a a more a more difficult effect on us. Like if you always do this or you never do this, it it's like so in that moment, you're saying I'm always a failure. <laughs> right, know, right, right, right. Like I, I, I never live up to your expectations, and that can be more difficult. And, and reverse that, like, for example, most women tend to be acts of service, quality time, uh, in their love languages. So, you know, it, it's great if I buy my wife flowers, but if I buy her flowers and there's dirty dishes in the sink or two of the six kids in diapers have poopy diapers that I haven't changed all day, 
uh, she's going to be upset. Right, <laughs> you know, right. she's not going to feel loved. So I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Marriage on the Rock is another one that we read early on, another Protestant book. But um, I, I'm thankful for those those great resources out there that really can help you as you go into marriage. Yeah. Very easy to read. And like there's some, you know, there's some comedy in it. And but then just a ton of like right. really good, really good stuff. So, yeah, for sure. Yep. What are some lessons you're continuing to learn? As you you mentioned, you've been married 13, 14 years, I think. So married what are 10 some things together like, for 13, 14. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. What are some things you're still, con- you're finding that you're still, doesn't have to be a confession, but right. <laughs> but what are some things you're continuing to learn and continuing to have to work on? Yeah, what, one thing that's really interesting is that uh, my wife, she's been a stay-at-home mom. We, you know, we, we, like I mentioned, we got pregnant very quickly, had three kids, mm-hmm. and our youngest is now school age. So she just started going to school. And the plan was always, whenever, like, we didn't really know, like whenever we're, like whenever we have kids, no longer have kids that are like baby babies, um, the plan was always for her to go to work. Uh, that was the plan from when we got married before we even have kids. And that finally happened. Our youngest is at school. Mm-hmm. So my wife started looking for a job. So she just got a job. So after 10 years of being a stay-at-home mom, now she is a, a working mom. And I, ironically mm-hmm. enough, work here at home. So I'm spending a lot of time with the kids at home, even though like I'm working. Most of my parents is just like, shut up. I'm recording a podcast, you know, <laughs> but like, you know, they need to be fed and like, ha- you know, have some affection, right. that sort of thing. Um, yeah. So that put some water. <laughs> yeah, <on>. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We do have doggy bowls with their names on them. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, that's been an interesting trend. Just, there's been a lot of things in that transition of like, I've, I'm joking now that like I'm a stay at home mom, you know, Again, playing with the gender name of Taylor, you know, like I'm this. Uh, right. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, one of the things was when she started going to work, and this has been a huge blessing. We are a we have been a pretty traditional family up to this point of mm-hmm. like uh, traditional as in like old school. Like I was the man, and I went out to work, and I brought home money, and she, you know, took care of all the kids and and made food. Right. So then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, she went from cooking three meals a day for us to me all the kids are at home and it was like i might cook you dinner and i was like wait (laughs) (laughs) i was like i know like you know the first couple of weeks i was like she's transitioned to a new job you know i used to work in hiring so i know how difficult a new job could be but like two weeks in one of the things was like okay can we strike a deal here like we had like a bartering. I was like, can you make us breakfast every morning? She's like, well, I go to mass at, at she works at the church. She's like, I go to mass mm-hmm. two times a week. And I get paid to go to mass. So I'd kind of like to do that. And I said, well, what about oh, the wow. other three yeah. days? And she was like, okay, I'll make breakfast three out of the day. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, I just can't go from e- three meals a day to one immediately. So right. we made that little barter system. Uh, like when I would just like the balance of work. When I, when I was working mm-hmm. outside the home and traveling a bunch, you know, I'm like up to Iowa with you. My wife took care of a lot of the lawn work, which is stereotypically more of the guy's role. Right. So, like, now that she is working, I'm starting to take more of that back. So, we're in this, like, transition period of, like, yeah. balancing the work that needs to happen in the household, balancing who's doing what. So, it's going well. It's just a yeah. big transition in the last two months. Yeah, that's awesome. Though One thing that stands out to me in what you're saying is... In marriage, the only thing you can always count on and depend on is change. Right. <laughs> that's, that, that's that's the one consistency. You're like, kids change you quite literally. Jobs change you, uh, especially if it's a a job you're not enjoying. You know, 
any number of things change you. And the only way to really get through those changes and navigate those changes is good communication. Good communication is the lifeblood. That's what keeps the, the heartbeat of your marriage going. So I, I see that in what you're saying. Like you, you saw this was a thing we're going to need to talk about and you were intentional about doing it. Neither of you were just kind of quiet about it and let it just build and build and build. You addressed it head on, communicated, worked out a system that works. And I, I think that's awesome. I think after all the years in our marriage, that's that's the thing we're also still learning and continuing to learn and, and have learned at the same time is just the importance of communication. Like what kind of day did you have? What kind of day did, did I have? And is now the time we talk about that thing or is, you know, whatever it is, or do we need to set that aside to when we can both think more clearly, when we're not tired, you know, those kind of intentional communication I think is so important. Yeah, and it's it's interesting that you end the way that you did because it's something that's in my mind and I always kind of feel weird about sharing it because it's uh-huh. disagreeing with scripture and Jesus, but that's a and that's a weird thing to do <laughs> on a Christian podcast, you know. Uh-huh. But like I f- I don't I don't know if I disagree with Jesus or how everyone has a has made this verse apply to marriage. But the whole mm-hmm. don't let the don't let the sun go down on your anger. Right. <clears throat> I was told that over and over again, like, don't go to bed angry at your spouse. And I was like, I don't know, man, if we have this conversation at 1130 at night before we go to bed, it's probably not going to be good because of everything that you just said. Right. Of like, we're in in a bad mood. We're exhausted. This is we're not in our best headspace. It's like, can we just table this and like deal with it tomorrow or even the next day or even like let's set a date for this weekend and go talk about it at a restaurant, you know? So I think what I thought going into marriage was that means you can never be angry whenever you're going to sleep with right, your spouse. Yeah. And I think what it what it what what at least my interpretation of it now is like, I'm not going to bed angry once we table it because I'm like, hey, exactly. Can we talk, exactly, can we talk yeah. about this some other right. time? And, and like at the beginning of our marriage, we were trying to like, oh, it's 1130 at night and we have a kid that's crying. Uh do we need to uh, talk about that thing where we had a little tiff earlier? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes the forgiveness is in the just dropping it and moving on. Right. You're exactly right. Like that scripture was actually um, critical in like in our marriage and how we handle conflict, but not in the the usual way that people interpret it. Because like what St. Paul says right before that is, "In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath." So. It's clear that you can be upset without sinning, but what we've always done is like, you know, it, it, be mindful of the time of day, what what are things are happening, whether you talk about those things or not. But if you need to take a break, like just drop it. Exactly like what you said. Sometimes the key to not going to bed angry is just dropping it. And what we often find is when we wake up in the morning, we don't even remember the disagreement. We don't even remember. It's not even something worth bringing up. Because it was the product of being tired. It was the product of the children didn't listen all day. You know, um, it was the product of somehow the diaper exploded in the bathroom and no one knows how that happens. And, you know, have to clean the walls and the sink, you know, the joys of parenting, you know, those sorts of things. Um, It was the product of all that stress, not the actual argument. So I'm with you on that. Yeah. I think that was the biggest like trope that I was like, this seems stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, I get the idea of it. I think of like growing up, 
um, in my house, there was always constant fighting. And it was because every time there was something to be upset about, it also came with, you know, I always joke, a seven-page resume of everything that's ever been done wrong. That's what happens when you do go to bed angry. You know, like remember in 1997, like, just, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You continue to like just continue to hold on to that, and it it turns into resentment, and that's just not healthy. You know, yeah. communication solves that. I feel like Taylor, if you could give yourself, knowing what you know now, if you could give yourself advice, go back, hop in your time machine, give yourself advice on your wedding day. What would it be? Um, on my wedding. Uh, bring a s- second shirt because you're going to be sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you mean about marriage, not actual wedding. Yes, yeah, about uh, marriage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wear extra deodorant. Um, Although, ironically, mine in that vein would be don't sweat yeah. the small stuff. <laughs> oh, hey, there you go. Oh, there we go. Uh, the, the sad thing is I was small stuff back then. Now I'm quite large. Yeah. <laughs> oh, literally twice the man I used to be. I am with you. Literally twice the man. Oh, yeah. man. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of like the things that I s- was not good at. It's hard to find those things, you know, because I'm pretty good at stuff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're good at everything. <laughs> you're the Taylor Schroll. Good at everything <laughs> except for being a girl at hurdles. Um, yes. What would I tell myself? I, I, I think what I would say is to take married people's advice but not try to emulate their marriages. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah. So I, I think at the beginning I was I was oscillating a lot. I would I would hear like, "Hey, this marriage thing," or I'd listen to a podcast like "Draw Near." These guys that have been married for a long time, to, and it's like, "Oh, I need to do what they're doing." It's like I don't know. Mm-hmm. Take take the advice that you think applies to you and will be helpful to you without trying to be that married couple. And I think we uh, I think it was in our first year or second year of marriage we went to like a, a a marriage retreat. I won't say which one, but we went to a marriage retreat and they were like this is what you need to do to have a successful marriage. And it was like yeah, answer these questions separately every day and then come together and talk about them and have like a deep conversation. And it's like for us it was like that was nice for like a day or two because it was new. And then we were just like, we looked at each other, even at the retreat, and we're like, you just want to watch Netflix? Like, it was just like, like, so I think so often people try to make it so serious when, like, Mm -hmm. a lot of the time that we like to spend together is watching Disney shows, watching Netflix stuff, and going out to Mm -hmm. dinner and having our conversations there where it's like, it doesn't feel like as forced or whatever. And it's, right. but I know that that worked for a lot of people at that retreat, but like it definitely right. didn't work for us. And it was like, it's like, hey, you need to do this if we want your marriage successful. It's like, I don't know. We never did it again. And we're still together after 10 years, very happy. So it seems to be working out fine right. for us. Yeah. <laughs> there is an element of that, like, be you. Like, Christ is there at the center of your marriage. How is he incarnate in each one of you in the, in the midst of that marriage? So I think you're right. Um, like, looking at our marriage, I think some of the, most joyful things similar to what you're saying those closest times we've had um actually something we started during the pandemic you know when everything was shut down it's hard to have time together intentionally when you have uh five six children like we do so this is going to sound crazy we got up at 5 30 in the morning you know because that was the only time we could find where we weren't exhausted you know 
and we would we would pray together, we'd play a board game, and we'd just talk and drink coffee, you know. And that was like, I love that, you know, you know. And the pandemic, once life started got get to get back to normal, we kind of got off that. But we keep going back to that, you know. We really need to do that again. And it wasn't anything that we sat down like some formal prescription of, you know, we have to do these two things and follow this list of all these things we need to do. It was we just knew that was we were just intentional about that time. So I'm with you. Sometimes it's not as complicated as we make it. It's just being intentional with our time, I think. And it was that's a perfect example because nothing in the world sounds worse to me than waking up at five thirty in the morning and praying with yeah. my wife. <laughs> Nothing, yeah, nothing could I, sound worse. Yeah. And it's like, but that's yeah. the thing is you have to find what works for you guys. Like we're much more right. late night people. We'd rather, you right. know, uh, we, we spend a lot of our time together l- later, later at night, you know, uh, right. ha- yep. hanging out, talking, pl- doing the board games, not drinking coffee because it's very late at night. Right. But like, yeah, that's more our time. Like, so it's so funny. And like, I think that's the that's the freedom that I'm talking about of like finding what works exactly. for you and not hearing like oh i respect fred i need to do everything that fred does it's like right exactly if you're a yeah. morning person and so is your wife go for it but if you're not yeah. like you don't have to feel like a piece of crap because you don't work uh, wake up at 5 30 because like that's the stuff that i used to feel bad about it's like oh my marriage isn't as strong because i'm not waking up at five. it's like exactly no i would like yeah. probably like legitimately murder someone if i woke up every morning at 5 30 <laughs> right. to pray <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah which is exactly why i led with this is going to sound completely yeah. crazy to you yeah but it but it doesn't <laughs> sound crazy because there's so many right. like people like leaders and stuff that that talk about stuff like that right and great if that works for you cool if not find something else that does you know yeah i, I do struggle in that i like to be an early riser but i also like to stay up late so i haven't found the balance there in that so i don't know any life tips you can give me eventually yeah don't wake <laughs> up at 5 30 right. <laughs> don't wake up at 5 30 yeah that's good to, yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's that's for us that was like the best kid free time because by late evenings we're just we're both just exhausted yeah. you know and we might veg and watch something on netflix or something or you know disney plus uh cobra kai definitely in on season five so i'm looking forward to that yeah i don't have the um, nostalgia you're just enough older than me that like cobra kai yeah, means nothing yeah. to me <laughs> right yeah. it's like legitimately just the few years between us is the cutoff yeah it literally is not there's not a lot yeah <laughs> it's funny the difference there isn't it yeah uh, dude it's so funny because a lot of my friends are you know like my age and a few years older like like you are uh-huh. and uh they're just so into it. I'm just like, I just never watched the original. I never watched Karate Kid still right. to this day. So it's like, I was like, I think you like it for the nostalgia, and which I get because there's a lot of stuff that I like because of nostalgia. Right. Yeah. But not that one. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm with you. I think Cobra Kai is actually better than the original movie trilogy. That might be anathema. I don't know. I would, I would, I would hope so. Like that would be like saying like the original Top Gun's better than the new one. It's like the new one is incredible. Like things yeah. are just better now. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still finding myself like there's a there's a, a level of suspension of disbelief that is, is just hard, though, with Karate Kid Part 3 in particular. And I'm seeing it in Cobra Kai as it's going on. It's like, you know, this is high school type karate tournament. This is not like you're taking this way too seriously, you know. Take a chill pill. I, you know, I, but I don't know. I like how I was like, I've never yeah. seen these movies. You're yeah. like, let's well, take a deep I, dive into the third one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> knowing my audience yeah there you go, w- there you go. <laughs> yeah there are some uh cobra kai fans listening so uh of all ages ironically so anyways uh back to the topic at hand 
I have questions about Cobra well, Kai too. Actually, before we go on, yeah, go ahead. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Anything about go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you totally got. Me I know you look. That's the happiest I was all you looked in. all I was day. Excited. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm in on this. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned marriage advice. What is the best unsolicited marriage advice you've ever gotten? It it, it was ironically enough, it was uh, professional advice that I then applied to every area of my life oh really and it was it was uh i was discerning a a big uh work move i I don't know if you know anything about that but a big work change in my life Mm -hmm. and uh i i was like i i was like i can either stay here and do this or i can go take this opportunity here and and uh Mm -hmm. he looked at me and he says choose where you want to die and i said excuse me (laughs) i was like (laughs) i don't think either of these jobs i'm gonna like die in i don't think either of these jobs are gonna stay in for the rest of my life he's like no no no, that's not what i mean he's like choose where you want to like die to yourself like you know there's gonna Mm -hmm. be suffering in either like not realizing you know it's not gonna be greener on the other side on one you know oh if you choose wrong god's gonna punish you or whatever (laughs) yeah yeah you done (laughs) miss the will of god for your life you done it's over it's over (laughs) can i go back no you had your chance and you blew it uh but it was like choose choose where you want to die and uh it's so like I, I applied that directly to that decision, but then also like in discernment. So whether it's like discernment on like, like we were talking earlier, it's like, is this an mm-hmm. issue that is an issue with me and I'm just frustrated and this is like where my frustration is? Like, it's like, I'm yeah. frustrated with my wife. Does that mean I'm frustrated with my wife or frustrated with myself, <laughs> right? Um, right? I'm frustrated yeah. with my kids. Does that mean I'm frustrated with them or I'm frustrated like because I didn't right. re- react well or whatever? Um, so like, choosing where where i want to die it's which is funny because everybody has like oh choose what shows you want to die on it's it's almost it's pretty similar right, right? of like yeah I, I need to die to myself here or it's like oh like this is actually something that i really care about and we need to fix maybe that'll become the hill that i die on right you know so it's like yeah, right kind of yeah. combining those two things and uh, so i i think a lot of marriage is dying to yourself a lot of becoming you know being a being a parent is dying to yourself mm-hmm. but but like dying to yourself or or choosing the hill you want to die on and making that distinction between those two things because if you're just going to fight about everything it's not going to work right but it's like what are the things that i really really care about it's like oh this is a serious thing like we really need to be on the same page about this right that's good i like how you make that distinction to like what am i really frustrated about am i frustrated with my wife or is it something else you know i think it's important to be mindful of that in marriage as well and that's kind of where I've been more recently like am I happy in this particular spot am I happy doing this thing or would it be better for me and better for my family if I was over here and you know it, there was kind of that same just like I know you had that same experience not too long ago a few years ago at least of making that transition of I like how you put that where do I want to die because no matter what you do there's some dying and, and you know sacrifice that go, that's a part of that so that's awesome. That's good advice, for sure. I, I want to ask, what's the worst marriage advice you've ever, unsolicited marriage advice you've ever received? But I don't know. Uh, is that worth discussing? I don't know. What do you think? I, I think it was, I think I kind of already answered it with, uh, it was in line with the like, hey, you need to do this oh, okay, to have you. a successful yeah. marriage. Yeah. No matter no matter what it is, if somebody's I mean, like, it, and, unless it's something like you know, go to mass regularly, go to confession regularly, like obviously that stuff works, right? But if it's like a cookie cutter type Catholic marriage, 
of like you have to do this in order to have a successful Catholic marriage, it's probably not. It's probably like I, I've learned that from hearing it and also like being a speaker of like realizing that like not everything that works for me is going to work for everybody right. in the audience. And the, sa- and the same goes for when I'm in the audience, whatever works for that person with the microphone on stage or on the podcast mm-hmm. or whatever might not necessarily work for me and my wife. Right. Um, so like I mentioned earlier, like the whole like traditional roles of mm-hmm. husband and wife, like we essentially lived that life mm-hmm. for like 10 years and now we're like the two working right yeah. parents right and like we're like either way it's like we're not like filling a stereotype just to, for the sake right. of filling a stereotype we're doing what works yeah, for exactly. us at the time yeah. and i th- i think there would be a lot of people from the like there were a lot of people when we were the traditional it's like like i had ladies who are friends in my life they're like she makes three meals a day for you uh-huh. and i was like yes it's great right like i love it yeah. it's phenomenal um and then uh but then i have and then i have people that are like uh now it's like oh why is she working or whatever it's like just right, i don't care yeah. <laughs> like whatever works for me and her right. and our kids and our family like whatever make is going to like make us um happy fulfilled all that kind of stuff that's what we're going to do not what you know works for somebody else we're not waking up at 5 30 <laughs> yeah. fred amen yeah i'm with you <laughs> yeah I, th- I think the the one thing about our marriage that makes our marriage easy is th- the fact that like we're we we're not going to get divorced. Right. <laughs> like, like, like we, you know, so like, uh, we get to the point, like in, in the times that we've been very frustrated mm-hmm. with each other, it's like, well, what are we going to do about it? And we're like, nothing. <laughs> so then we just, yeah. just like, solved it. it's like, you know, it's like, we right. have to, figure she's like, this I'm, out, I'm right? stuck with this bald um, guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, right. for sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, there's been multiple times, ironically enough, our anniversary every year always seems to be like our worst oh, wow. day of the year. Like yeah. as a married couple, which uh-huh. is very silly. Like a lot of times, it's in the middle of the summer, so a lot of times we're traveling, or I'm traveling right. and not there, or whatever. And there have been multiple times, like fourth anniversary, uh-huh. seventh anniversary, ninth anniversary, where we look at each other and we're like, "I don't understand why you're still with me." And then she goes, "I don't understand why you're uh-huh. still with me." Right? Not, I don't understand why I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's and, and the other that way difference is like, the key to a happy marriage. <laughs> you just summed it down, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's it i'm done i, I arrest my case <laughs> that's awesome yeah that's good though yeah that's good what what ecclesiastes 412 uh was what comes to mind there uh though uh, two may walk together and be separated a threefold cord can never be broken christ is there at the center it's not an option you're stuck with each other you're stuck with him so that that's awesome right I knew that reference about as quickly as I did yeah, the Cobra Kai. It's all good. So. That's one of the scriptures we had read at our wedding. So, uh, well, nice. I want to thank you again, Taylor, for joining for this episode of Draw Near, talking uh, marriage, uh, particularly for the guys, but I hope everyone enjoyed the conversation. Taylor, if folks want to learn more about you and Forte Catholic, how can they do that? Yeah, ForteCatholic.com, uh, F-O-R-T-E Catholic.com has all the all the stuff, but you're already in a podcast app. You know, there's a, we have a weekly comedy Catholic podcast called Forte Catholic on uh, podcast and YouTube stuff. So you mentioned that you have some nerds listening. So we have a bunch of nerdy stuff <laughs> on our YouTube channel. Uh, all, all the Disney shows, the, the Rings of Power, uh, you know, Tolkien, nice. all that kind of stuff over at YouTube.com slash Forte Catholic. 